0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: This question comes from Jev on Twitter. Thanks for the question. Question is, what are some safeties Oregon is looking at in the 2025 class and any sleeper picks at any position. Uh, Yeah. So this is a, this is a fun one. Um, Looking at what Oregon's doing in the 2025 class at safety. I think it's definitely a position that they need to prioritize. Safety play hasn't been too great uh, as far as recent play at Oregon, but they do have a couple of talented safeties in the fold and um, Aaron flowers out of Texas. He's a 2024 guy. And then you also have uh, Kingston Lopa. He's a really big safety that is actually being viewed as a linebacker uh, in, in some instances. But I think two four seven has him. Two four seven has him has him as a linebacker at six foot five, 190 pounds. But I've seen him as a safety. So let's turn the page and look at the 2025 guys that Oregon is going after here early on in the 2025 cycle. I think one guy, when you're looking at any position and just kind of starting to see where will Oregon maybe go at any given position in a certain cycle, I think that you have to look at the West Coast. That's where Oregon is. That's where their bread and butter is. um, That's where they have those pipeline states, specifically the Golden State, California. I think the safety that you have to keep an eye out for that Oregon is heavily recruiting is Jaden Hudson out of Pittsburgh, California, Pittsburgh High School. That's where uh, Jaden Rashada went to high school. He, of course, is now Arizona State's starting quarterback, and he got his first college win last night uh, over, I believe it was Southern Utah. It made me think of my my good buddy Spencer McLaughlin, host of Locked on Ducks. He does some great play-by-play stuff for um, Southern Utah. So shout out to Spencer. You guys know that uh, we do a lot of good work together. But Jaden Hudson, what do we need? What do we need to know about him? He's a six foot two, hundred and seventy five pound safety, and he's one of the best in the country in the secondary. Ranked a rated rather a four star on the two four seven sports composite zero point nine six eight nine. Number sixty six player in the country, number seven safety, and the number eight prospect in California, which is always loaded. Twenty seven reported scholarship offers, and he recently announced a top. 10 on friday top 10 schools for Jaden hudson are as follows of course oregon and then you have a lot of big time schools georgia lsu penn state miami tennessee michigan ohio state usc and washington so why am i oregon have a good chance here the first thing that comes to mind for me is not only what can Chris Hampton do in his first year working with the safeties at Oregon coming over from Tulane, what can he do to make some noise for Oregon on the recruiting trail at the safety spot, but there is one member of Oregon's recruiting staff, one of one member of Oregon football's overall staff, but a lot of people know him for his ability as a recruiter. I'm talking about defensive coordinator Tosh LePoy. Tosh Lapoy is originally from uh, the East Bay area uh, in Northern California. Uh, he went to, he played at De La Salle in Concord, definitely a storied program. So he has a lot of ties to the East Bay, which makes me think that Oregon is going to obviously emerge here as they have landed in his top schools, but stay a main contender for Jaden Hudson here in the 2025 recruiting class. So he is someone that you definitely need to keep your eye on. A couple of other names come to mind in the 2025 class at safety. Um, some of them are a little bit farther east. So, you know, those are going to be hard guys to uh, ultimately land in the long run. Excuse me. Uh, let's look at Anquan Figgins. Anquan Figgins is a four-star safety out of Thompson High School in Alabaster, Alabama. And he made a decision recently to back off his verbal commitment to Lincoln Riley and the USC Trojans, which was an interesting development because Anquan Fegan's brother, um, I don't remember it off the top of my head. Um, let's see. Let's see. Traquan Kwan He actually transferred to USC over the off season um, from Alabama. And he was also from Thompson high school in Alabaster. So We'll see if he makes some noise, but I know that USC looked like they were trying to tap into that brother connection. Anquan Quan is a name to watch uh, for Oregon here at safety. And you might think it's a, an unrealistic target because he's from the South in the Southeastern conference blueprint of college football. But Oregon has made some noise in Alabama recently and looked no farther than the 2024 recruiting class in Jaquan McRoy, massive offensive tackle out of Pinson, Alabama, Clay Chalkville High School. So might be a bit of a reach, but I think he is a name worth knowing and watching. And then I have one more name for you at safety for the Ducks in 2025, and that is Sa'el Reyes. Sa'el Reyes is a safety out of DeSoto High School um, out in the Lone Star State, the state of Texas. He is actually unrated on 247, but he has 25 25 scholarship offers, so he's definitely someone that a lot of college coaches think is going to be playing some big-time football on Saturdays, but he's a name to watch because I think not only does Oregon have a lot of connections in the state of Texas, but Oregon has done some work at DeSoto before, and he's definitely not the only DeSoto player that they're recruiting, so I don't know a whole lot about Sael Reyes, but I think he's definitely someone that is worth um, watching. Uh, One other quick note that just comes to mind. I'm seeing we're still getting some mailbag questions. But if you guys wanted to push your question to the top of the list, you can do that by uh, using the super chat function. If you want to support the channel. I think that's just in the bottom right of the live chat. But um, just wanted to put that out there. You know, I want to get to your guys's questions. But, um, you know, we have a lot of them. So, um, let's see what else we got here. The second part of this question was any sleeper picks, any position. If we're looking at the 25 class, I think two kind of come to mind. One of them, I don't know if it's too much of a sleeper, but I, I did my best. We're looking at 2025 Duncanville, Texas wide receiver, Decorey and Moore. He recently announced his verbal commitment to Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers out in the boot in Baton Rouge, but Oregon's gonna stay involved uh on that one. You know, talking to a source uh, in Eugene, I know that DeCorian Moore is a major priority for the Ducks at wide receiver this this cycle. They already have Dallas Wilson, Adrian Wilson also in the fold. He's out of Flugerville, Texas, Weiss High School. They would love to go back into Texas to get the state's top wide receiver in DeCorian Moore. And there's been strong mutual interest between DeCorian Moore and the Ducks previously. Um, before he made his commitment to the LSU Tigers, he made uh, multiple trips out to Eugene. This was when the Ducks were still involved with Colin Simmons. <clears throat> Colin Simmons. So I say he's kind of a sleeper pick, just because I know that he is not someone that Oregon is going to. He is somebody that Oregon is not going to stop recruiting. Another sleeper pick, if you want to call it. This isn't a prediction. Um, want to be clear about that, but Cooper Perry, he's a 2025 wide receiver out of Notre Dame prep in Scottsdale, Arizona. I actually, um, brought him on a recent episode of the ducks dish podcast. So he is someone that has high interest in Oregon and I think is a realistic option for the ducks as a four-star wide receiver out of the state of Arizona out there in Scottsdale. Oregon has a lot of ties to that state. They've been prioritizing it. Ty Thompson, Kyler Casper um um Mikhail Gardner, Amari Washington, all of those guys come from the state of Arizona so uh Oregon is well aware of the talent in that state and I fully expect them to go back to Arizona in 2025. All right, let's see. I'm going to get my next question up here and then take a little sip of water. All right. All right, here we go. Next question on today's mailbag episode comes from Aaron Martinez. Thanks for the question, Aaron. Aaron asks, are we losing ground to Texas for Brandon Baker? If so, do you think the staff can get Baker back in Eugene for an OV to sway the momentum back to us? And would you look at that? Another great follower and listener viewer dropping the hashtag ducksdish. Love to see that. I didn't even ask you guys to do that and you did it. So appreciate you for that one. Um, Brandon Baker. What do we know about Brandon Baker? He is constantly circling in the discussion around Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting here uh, in the state, uh, in the class of 24. So I talked to Brandon Baker. um, I talked to Brandon Baker earlier on this season after that win over Corona Centennial and Honestly, I just got to keep it real with you guys. I'm not moving on my Oregon prediction. I'm not doing that right now. I think we have to see kind of what transpires down the line here. But I've talked to him, I want to say at least five times, um, at least five times since I moved down to Southern California. And that interview with with Baker was the first that I'd had where I feel like he wasn't super, super solid and obviously towards Oregon. And I'm going to tell you why. We have another trip coming up to Nebraska next month. Give me just a second. I got to plug in my laptop here. Can't be dying midstream.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Baker's going to be taking an official visit out to Lincoln on September 16th to see the Cornhuskers in action. And Texas is another school that has really emerged as a heavy, heavy contender in the recruitment of Brandon Baker, the nation's number one offensive tackle. So I don't see I'm not saying that I think Brandon Baker is trending away from Oregon necessarily. Uh, I'm just saying that I think we're really seeing Oregon maybe not be the clear-cut favorite right now. So like I said, I'm not changing my prediction right now. I still have that prediction on Oregon for Brandon Baker, but you have Texas involved, Nebraska is involved, Ohio State is also involved, and he told me he was hearing from Tennessee as well in this recruitment. When might it come to an end? Not completely sure just yet. Um, but he did say that he was going to be trying to kind of wrap things up, I want to say in about three weeks or so, which is an interesting development because when I talked to him back in the winter and spring, he told me that he was pretty set, excuse me, pretty set on making his decision during the early signing period in December. So while I don't think uh, Oregon is losing ground to Texas, I feel like Texas is maybe evening the playing field a little bit, but an official visit to Eugene, it's it's. I think I see it as something that is very possible, but I don't know right now if I would say it's probable ahead of a commitment for Brandon Baker. Now keep in mind here, he hasn't set a commitment date. So once we have that commitment date, then we can kind of see, okay, how does the calendar set up? What, what do the games look like for Oregon and for him? Fortunately, this is an elite guy that Oregon has geography working on their side for in this recruitment. So that's something that obviously really helps the Ducks here. Um, But he's been to Oregon so much on all these unofficial visits. I think that there maybe isn't that much of a need. If I'm Brandon Baker, do I need to see Oregon in an official visit capacity? Um, Because I've been to it so much. I'm so familiar with it. But I think... If they can get him back on campus for an OV, that is definitely a step in the right direction. He had told me after that game against Corona Centennial that he was still hearing from Malik Terry every day, and he still has some solid interest in the Ducks. But Texas and Nebraska, in my opinion, are still serious contenders, as is Ohio State. All right, we're still rolling here on the Ducks Dish podcast on a Friday afternoon. Appreciate you guys rocking with me here on YouTube. At Oregon Football Max Taurus. Quick reminder, you guys got to do me a favor. I don't want to say it too many times, but hit that like button for me and subscribe to the channel. We're trying to grow this community. And uh, I love the support that I'm seeing from you guys uh, doing all of these live streams, doing the uploads and, and the podcast and everything. So appreciate you all greatly. Next question for us on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast comes from Bryce McDonald. And Bryce has an interesting one, folks. Bryce asks, what do you think it'll take to, for, to Org- for Oregon to get up to the top level of recruiting with Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and LSU consistently being top six? Is that even possible? Hashtag ducks dish. So this is an interesting question, and it's one that I've been pondering quite a bit. I've been saying for the longest time it feels like that Oregon needs to get to that top five territory on a consistent basis if they want to win their first national title. And as far as getting there, that's a tough one. I think that you need to win some of these near-miss recruiting battles. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say these ones in particular, but recruiting battles like um, Justin Williams – five-star linebacker out of the state of Texas. That one came down to Georgia and Oregon. If Oregon can win more of those battles, Nate Frazier, you had Oregon, Georgia, AM, and Alabama in the mix there. If you can win recruiting battles like Nate Frazier and Justin Williams, and if you can get a guy like an Elijah Rushing, I don't think that Elijah Rushing, that one's an interesting recruitment. I don't think that that decision – Choosing to go to Arizona was for any fault of Oregon's. I think Oregon did everything they possibly could have in that recruitment. And uh, Arizona just came in at the 11th hour, um, you know, really, really uh, shaking things up. They, they had stayed on him, but you can kind of read between the lines of what I'm saying. It was Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. And then Arizona came in at the last minute. So if you can get some of those five stars is obviously a, a great place to start. But winning some of those just near, near miss recruiting battles, uh, I think that that kind of helps set you in the right direction. I think you need to continue to bring in elite talent at the premium positions. So you're talking quarterback, you're talking running back, you're talking wide receiver, you're talking cornerback. And I also think uh, defensive line is absolutely a premium position for Oregon. So doing all those things takes a tremendous amount of work. But how do you ultimately get there? I think the easiest thing you can do right now is win. It's like uh, it's like Al Davis said, just win, baby. I'm not a Raider fan at all. Uh, I know a decent amount of Raider fans. I'm a Niner fan. Um, and now there's that connection. Now that Jimmy G is over there in, in Vegas. But if Oregon can just take care of business on the field, get back to the Pac-12 title game, win the Pac-12 title game, get to a New Year's Six Bowl or the playoff, win a New Year's Six Bowl or a game in the playoff. Winning, even in the era of name, image, and likeness today, winning is still your best recruiting tool. So that is what I think Oregon needs to do to try to level out the playing field and get into that conversation with teams like Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. And I think you also have to continue pushing the envelope continue expanding your reach on the recruiting trail. We already know Oregon is a national brand. You know about Oregon and whether you're on the West Coast, the East Coast, the Midwest, the South, wherever it is. Bo Nix's billboards, the bodacious uh, pop-ups and ads that you're seeing, that's just another example of Oregon's national brand. So if Oregon can continue pushing that national brand, continue pushing their reach, getting out into the South, getting out into the DMV, which they're already doing here in the 2024 recruiting class with Michael Van Buren and Ifio Badeglu and Dejon Riggs. Small note, side note, I'm going to go see Michael Van Buren and Ifio Badeglu next week when the St. Francis Academy Panthers, I think is their mascot, travel out West, out here to Southern California to play the St. John Bosco Braves On a Friday night, that's going to be a heck of a matchup, and you know I'm going to be there um, because I'm not usually able to see those guys. Modern Day plays St. Francis tonight all the way across the country, but I didn't have the budget to go travel for that one, so I'm going to catch them next week. But if Oregon is able to continue doing some of those things, I think that's how you close in on the Alabamas, the Ohio States, and the Georgias. You need to win some of those near-miss recruiting battles. You need some of those to break your way. You need to keep pushing to get guys anywhere in the country. Keep pushing into Florida, too. I think that's going to go a long way. Those are hard recruiting battles to win, but I think that's what you got to do. Having myself a little bit of a hair day here. And um, just keep winning. If you keep winning and you have great staff, great coaches, great players, then that's, that's one of the big things that you do. That's how you help take that next step. All right, we got a couple more here. What else do we have? What else do we have? This is an interesting one. This one comes from Maximizing Profit, and it's a question that I bet a lot of people have thought about at one time or another. question is, what happens to the guys that enter the portal and don't land, i.e. Trajan Williams, Jaden Navarette, Jabril McNeil? These are some of the recent transfers that we've seen from Oregon. I think honestly, probably there's one of three possibilities. I think one of them is you just got to keep grinding, keep, keep chasing the dream and just stay active. Um, I think that's kind of what we saw Adrian Jackson do. Um, I think he's going to UNR to play for Ken Wilson, but I don't believe he was playing anywhere and he just kind of had to wait his turn and wait to get a call, wait to get a shot. For, for a new place, or you might end up going the junior college route. I think that that's something that is becoming more and more common, especially with guys that hit the portal and don't find a home. You go to a junior college. There's a couple of pretty big name junior college programs. You, you play your ball, you try to put your best foot forward and get your name out there. So I think that's something that you do. And then honestly, I can't confirm that it happened for any of these guys, but Maybe you have to hang up the cleats. I think that that's maybe a, a sad reality that is, is happening a bit more often now in today's era of the transfer portal in college football. You put your name in the transfer portal after being out of school, and and let's be honest here, you know, none of these guys really did a whole lot. Maybe Jabril McNeil or Navarrete because they were at Oregon a little bit longer, but none of these guys did a whole lot at Oregon. So when you enter the transfer portal from a school like Oregon – you know, maybe you're hoping that the name can kind of carry you into those conversations or put you on the radar of some of these coaches. So if I'm a coach at another school and I say, hey, this guy from Oregon is in the portal, I think, oh, great. Wow. You know, a lot of really good players go to Oregon. Uh, what did he do while he was there? Oh, well, he, he never really saw the field too much, coach. We don't really know a whole lot about him, just his high school tape. If, if I'm a college coach and that's the kind of situation that I'm that is put in front of me, I would feel a lot less inclined to take, take a risk or take a commitment on, on a player like that. Unless you have one of the reasons that guys out of the transfer portal are so attractive to these college coaches, such great options, they've played football, they've produced at their respective schools. So if you get a guy like one of these players in the question that hasn't really played a whole lot of ball, It just makes it kind of hard, I think, for some of these coaches to really make that move and take these commitments with any sort of confidence. So it's definitely a sad reality. I don't know how much is happening now, but that's an interesting question uh, based on where the game is at today.